I think we're ready to go. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, hi. We're here on Autism Live to share about TACA, which is the Autism Community in Action, and how one in 36 families affected with autism can find support and hope through, and through action with TACA. TACA does this by providing programs geared towards education and support so families receive valuable information to empower families to be the best advocates and self-advocates possible. Awesome. Thank you, Jessica. Um, we're looking forward to your questions and comments tonight. Uh, thank you, Shannon, for having us tonight. Um, we are live right now on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Uh, so go ahead and write your questions in any of those platforms and be a part of our conversation. Uh, feel free to ask us any questions you have about TACA and what we do. Um, Next week, this program will be available as a free download wherever you get your podcasts. Um, so with that, I think we'll jump into our uh, follow-up for anybody who is uh, watching tonight. Um, everything that we talk about tonight is going to be linked on our uh, page on the calendar on the Autism Network Podcast-a-thon calendar. Um, you can find links to everything we're going to talk about from our programs to our supports, education, um, and you can also reach out to us at talkanow.org uh, on Taka's Facebook Facebook page and our Instagram, which is Taka Now. Um, and I think with that, I will go ahead and throw it over to you, Jessica, so that we can introduce ourselves to you guys tonight. Thanks, Ryan. Hi, I'm Jessica, and I'm the mentor coordinator at Taka. I actually found Taka several years ago when my son began losing life skills and he started to self-harm. I was getting a little to no direction from uh, his pediatrician, um, and I was on waiting lists for assessments. I was looking over Taka's articles about what you can do at home because I really wanted to do something proactive at home with him. Um, and I found out about diet interventions. So we started that, and within a week of removing gluten, he stopped self-harming. Um, I began to attend meetings and conferences to learn more because obviously having a child stop self-harming is a big deal. <laughs> um, when my son was diagnosed with autism some months later um, by the developmental pediatrician, she encouraged me to continue what I was doing with Taka um, and everything that I'd learned. So then I also requested a parent mentor, which is a free thing that you can do through Taka. Um, and then after a few years, I became a mentor myself. In 2019, a position actually opened up at the Taka Foundation office and I applied and I got the job. Uh, so I've been working there ever since and it's been so great for me. Um, and my son has just made so many strides uh, towards independence and self-advocacy and improved quality of life. And I just know I wouldn't have been able to and he wouldn't have been able to get there without Taka. So I'm just super grateful. Thank you, Jessica. And I'm going to introduce myself. Uh, I'm Ryan Taka's volunteer support coordinator. Um, I have been on this journey for about 12 and a half years. Uh, I'm a mom of three. My oldest uh, was diagnosed when he was two. He's 15 and a half now. Um, so we're in that transition phase of life for him. Uh, figuring out next steps and supports for him. Um, we are 
Definitely, you know, so grateful to Taka. We found Taka when my son was uh, just before he turned two years old. Um, and we were encouraged to get a mentor uh, with Taka. And so we got a mentor, which is a one-to-one support person. Um, she kind of guided us through many of, uh, you know, those beginning early days what should I do? Where should I turn? Um, we received a family scholarship from Taka, which was amazing and just so crucial to our journey. Um, he has made a ton of progress. We are so excited. Um, he is just phenomenal with his uh, younger sister and brother. Uh, so we are so excited to be here tonight and kind of share on that journey. Um, I also do work for Taka and uh, came on about a year ago um, to help support our volunteers who volunteer their time so graciously across the country. Uh, we are in 41 out of our 50 states, which is just incredible that we're able to you know, build that community around um, families living with autism. And so I work to support them and get them what they need to support families, as well as being a community volunteer in my area as well since uh, 2012. Uh, so that has been such a huge blessing in our lives to be able to give back um, and support other families and kind of build that community out here in LA. So that's kind of our journey and where we're at right now. Um, so tonight the topic is that we're talking about is the 1 in 36, the new prevalence numbers, and how uh, we can go from support, which is what one of the things that Taka does, into action um, and taking action for our loved ones with autism. And I think that, you know, that, uh, that action piece is just so important, but how do we get there, right? And then the last piece for tonight will be hope. Uh, what, uh, you know, within that action, how do we stay hopeful and, you know, make sure that we are staying positive and keep going on that path. So um, that's kind of where we're going to center around tonight. Um, the one in 36 number just came out recently and, excuse me, um, we wanted people to kind of, uh, understand what that means. Um, so this number is, um, a survey taken of eight-year-olds. Um, so this isn't, um, you know, adults, this doesn't include, uh, kids, my my son's age, um, he he was counted a couple of prevalence numbers back. Um, I believe his age group. We had the uh, sorry, um, we had for his birth year. Um, we were at one in fifty four. Um, so he was born in two thousand nine. Or, I'm sorry, 2007. Um, so between one in 59 kids and one in 54 kids. Um, so, you know, he kind of in his gen ed class was the only kid with autism. Um, and so now we're seeing this increase. 
And the latest survey numbers are at one in 36, a rate of one in 36. Um, and so I think another thing that's really important to understand is that um, this survey is a couple years behind. So the survey was taken in 2020 um, for kids that were born in 2012. And so um, we're in 2023 now, uh, about three years later. Um, and so now we have that reporting data. Um, and so we've definitely seen this, you know, trend of um, up and up and up. And we wanted to um, we wanted to talk about, you know, the um, that the study's going to be continued and redone every two years. Um, so that I think is really important because we'll be able to see that trend a little bit more. Um, some of the things that, you know, I think a lot of people are like, but what does that really, um, what does that really look like? Why, why are we looking at these numbers? Um, and I think, you know, when we talk about what, what our community is going to be needing um, and the, the challenges that we're going to be facing um, with these numbers and so that we can hit them head on and we can best support our families. Um, I think it's so important to really see autism as a family diagnosis. Um, you know, we do, the individual is diagnosed with autism but at the same time, the family and the support that comes from the family is so incredibly important. Um, you know, creating that home space and really you're the driver for, you know, your child's improvement and quality of life and um, just kind of everything in between. Um, so I think it really looking at how this is going to impact us. And I think before I um, kind of pass it over to Jessica for um, kind of like the state of where we're at, right? Um, I did want to hit a couple numbers. You know, people sometimes in the community will ask us, like, what does that mean? So one in 36, what does that mean? Um, and we talk about different things. Um, so some of the things would be uh, safety. So almost 50% of um, our family members with autism wander. So that, um, you know, is uh, definitely something to keep in mind as we look at these numbers rising of um, things that are important to kind of recognize. 14% um, of adults with autism, only 14% of adults with autism have paid jobs in a community-based setting. So um, we would love to see that number higher and higher. And I think a little later we'll talk about building community and kind of where that fits in. Um, and also like Jessica was talking about those co-occurring medical conditions. Um, definitely, I think medical care is an area we could definitely improve in for our loved ones with autism. Um, and 41% of children with autism are non-speaking. Um, so having their, you know, their needs and wants met and being able to be an advocate for their own lives um, is definitely impacted. Uh, so I think 
with that, I will turn it over to Jessica and she can kind of go more in depth about these things um, and the state of where we're at right now. Right. So yeah, the state, the state of autism resources, essentially, you know, along with that number of one in 36, it's at an all time low. Um, the bandwidth, the staffing, uh, funding for programs that are available, they cannot support the numbers of the families and individuals seeking support right now. I'm sure a lot of people watching, um, they would tell you how hard it can get to, you know, get into programs, services, get in, you know, waiting lists for assessments, uh, all of that kind of stuff. It's just this overwhelming thing. Um, and you think to yourself, oh, great, like, I'm going to get this program. And then there's all of these hoops and there's all of um, they can't staff people for the program. Uh, so it's just, it's, it's pretty overwhelming at times. And it's just that aspect of it's going to get worse until something else is done. And this can affect schools and state and federal programs, uh, community services, like events, therapies, just, you know, the whole shebang. Um, for school specifically, we have one in six uh, kids with an IEP or a 504 plan. So this means one in six children cannot access their education without supports and accommodations. My son alone has many supports and accommodations so that he can access his education, which is his right um, successfully. Uh, and if he doesn't have those and we have to, you know, that there isn't, again, the funding or the correct, uh, you know, either therapists or, you know, program available for him, then that becomes a struggle. And then he begins to fail for no fault of his own. Um, and, but what does this also mean for teachers? Like that means that they're up and they're reading, uh, and they're reading the IEPs and they're getting ready and they're trying to get to the supports and accommodations that each child needs. Um, and then we're seeing teachers leaving the classrooms due to burnout, uh, and lack of support in their own district, which is horrible. Um, and then we're having children not getting the support and accommodations needed because there's not enough funding or therapists and aids to staff the needs required. Uh, for those with IEPs and 504 plans. So that's schools, but then when we go to state and federal, there's not enough qualified staffing to the needs uh, of our vulnerable and at-risk community. Uh, the wage for this kind of employment to support these families and to support these programs is so low that a lot of the times uh, we'll have qualified people end up leaving to go do something else so that they can have their own uh, living wage, essentially. Uh, the waiver lists in many states, they're years long. Um, and so families needing immediate help are left with little to no direction or hope. Um, and then we run into the problem as far as uh, access for parents to finding these resources or individuals finding these resources. Um, it can be like a needle in the haystack. <laughs> there are barriers with like mismanaged websites, again, uh, not enough staffing or funding, um, and then also a lack of marketing that can go back to funding as well. Awesome. Thanks, Jessica. I think that's, you know, it's so important to realize that what our families are up against um, when they're diagnosed and uh, especially when they're just starting out, um, you know, it's a lot to take in. It's a lot to kind of navigate. And um, I think it's just so, you know, overwhelming. Um, I love, you know, that you talked about the schools um, and how, you know, one in, one in six of our kiddos um, have an IEP or a 504 uh, that, that study was released, I believe, the week before um, 
the autism prevalence numbers. And that includes other disabilities as well and learning differences. Um, but even just taking that into to context, you know, those teachers are where when my son was diagnosed and he was going into school, you know, he was one of very few kids um, to have an IEP. And now our teachers are just so, you know, overwhelmed with the amount of <laughs> amount of kids that, you know, need those accommodations and uh, supports. And, you know, I love our teachers. They, they have such big hearts to do what they do. Um, but they're, they're facing challenges and they're, you know, they're in the fight with us as well to make sure that our kids have the best outcomes. Um, I did want to mention to everybody that if you guys have questions for us, please feel free to drop them in the chat at any point. Um, and that way we can, um, we can get your questions answered. And I think we'll, um, We'll talk a little bit more about what, how TACA fits in to kind of the solutions to, you know, we face these big hurdles um, as autism families and how does TACA fit into the solution um, and what does TACA do? <laughs> um, and so TACA is really about building community and taking action to improve the outcomes of families and individuals for a better quality of life. Um, our mission is education and support and hope uh, to bring that to families with autism. And we want every individual with autism to lead an independent life. Um, you know, improving family, the quality of life, not just for the individual of autism, but for the family. Um, and helping our loved ones to even participate in um, in the family life, I know for us a lot, for a very long time, you know, my son did not, um, engage any longer with our family and what was going on. And he was very content to be on his own. Um, he didn't really have the skills to engage. And so it was very difficult for him. Um, we, he wanted to be a part of what was going on, but he, just struggled so much with how to get how to make that happen. Um, so we're so grateful to Taka to really uh, help us piece that out and figure out how to help him with those skills. Um, he is now very, very much interactive with the rest of the family, um, and it's so great to be able to support him and what he wants. Um, also good health for, for our families. Um, we really love to, um, to share ways to keep our kids healthy. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of pieces to autism that can lead to unhealthy habits. Um, and shorter life expectancies, um, and health problems that we would want, we wouldn't want for ourselves or anyone we love. Um, so really helping each other to build ways to keep our kids healthy, um, especially like our teens and adults, getting them on board with, uh, with it, getting healthy, eating healthy. Um, you know, I know a lot of kids, um, 
can be very restrictive with their eating um, and that can cause its own health challenges. So supporting families through that is just uh, really, we want to make sure everybody, you know, we're able to support them in finding that good health. Um, and developing skills, like I said before, um, not just with engagement, but overall life skills um, and just the skills we need every day to be meaningful participants in our own lives and advocate for ourselves. Um, attaining whatever level of independence that our children can um, and presuming that they're competent to, um, to you know, to reach those goals um, and keeping, you know, always moving the bar and making sure that they we're supporting them into whatever level of independence is attainable for them. Um, and overall, just be a bit better individual, like who, <laughs> you know, we're learning is a lifelong process. And even, you know, I know Jessica and I talk about this a lot, you know, like we're always learning, we're always trying to be better, do better. And that goes for everyone, right? We want to, we want to show our kids that and model that for our kids as well. Uh, so I think a lot of that kind of covers what Taka does. Um, a little later, we'll discuss kind of how we do that. Um, but the first thing I wanted to talk about that Taka does is building community and what that kind of means for our families. Um, you know, we talked a lot of, about a lot of problems and a lot of barriers our families have and struggles. Um, but at Taka, we really like to focus on solutions um, and what we can do. Um, and so I think that starts by working together as a community. Um, Superman isn't coming to save any of us, you know, and we really have to empower ourselves with, uh, with information and, uh, each other and to be able to find those solutions for our families to the, the problems that are, are a struggle for our own family. Um, and so I think, you know, Taka has quite a few programs surrounded on providing that support and help, um, and just building that community. So I will let Jessica kind of speak to our programs and what we do, and then maybe we can get some, um, answers to your questions in the chat and we will be able to share a little bit more about what we do and there we go so Jessica. <laughs> thanks ryan yeah so it's great that taka i love what you're saying about focusing on solutions because it's true i love the uh are you going to cry about it are you going to boss up and it's like okay first of all i'm going to do both <laughs> <laughs> so as a community, we come together, we talk about like, this is what's going on. And we say, oh man, that sounds really tough. So what are we going to do about it? Like, and that's, we, we have each other like that. And um, Taka does a great job of trying to have programs and resources to provide that education uh, and just action towards creating solutions. So we have support events uh, every single month. We have some that are in-person, um, then there are some that are virtual, and we have those that are national, regional, and then also topic-specific uh, meetings and events for families to engage and support in learning. 
Uh, we have our newly diagnosed seminar that provides, uh, provides an overview of all things autism. Um, it's a great thing to watch so that you can really get yourself organized about the different things that you could be looking into. Um, each month, Taka features a monthly learning series to focus around a very specific topic of learning because, again, there's just so many things when it comes to autism. Um, so, for example, May is speech and communication. Um, we also have our teen and adult program, which is centered around providing uh, support to parents and caregivers for the challenges faced with that age group. Uh, every week we have what's called Taka virtual support hours, and that's in our Taka Connect app. Uh, it's like Taka in your pocket. Um, and we have Taka mentors in that space every single uh, Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, where you can go in, you can ask your questions, um, and really no question is off limits when it comes to as far as all things autism. Uh, but that's a great time to, to get connected and ask, you know, more questions about either Taka programs as well um, and, you know, anything that you are wondering. Uh, then we have our mentor program, which again, I'm the mentor coordinator, and that provides one-on-one -on -one, uh, parent support. Parents can be matched with a Taka parent mentor to help guide them on their autism journey. Uh, those topics of support can include like onboarding services, beginning diet and nutrition interventions, navigating IEPs, uh, discussing functional medicine options for co-occurring conditions, um, and a lot more. Um, we also have our Taka Facebook group. We have our national page, which is great, um, and our chapters page, but we have what's called our Hope and Help Facebook group. And this is a private Facebook group for parents and caregivers. Uh, it's moderated by a group of parents and caregivers. Uh, it's 16,000 plus members across the country, and they ask their questions and they share resources um, across all things as, with autism as well. And it's a great place to find resources, support, uh, help, and hope. We have chapters throughout the US, as Ryan was saying earlier, um, we, where they're holding meetings, seminars, family events, uh, and this is where you can really dig deep and build your local community. Taka's website provides in-depth, comprehensive uh, information for parents regarding their autism, the autism journey. There's checklists, there's articles, downloadables, uh, and that's going to help parents wade through all the various topics um, of autism. Each year, Taka has a parent conference speak, uh, featuring expert speakers across the U.S., and those uh, presentations would focus on a wide variety of autism-related topics. Uh, again, including IEPs, medical interventions, therapeutic interventions, advocacy, preparing for adulthood, and more. And in fact, we're actually having a virtual conference right now uh, through our Taka Connect app. So if you wanted to uh, reach out to our website and you'll see where you could uh, still register and then you can attend that those meetings um, and you can see like uh, recorded presentations and ask some questions and all of that kind of stuff. It's great. Uh, you can find links and information for everything that I just went over um, on these programs. You can visit the Autism Network podcast-a-thon calendar, um, or you can also just go over to our website, which is takanow.org. That was awesome, Jessica. That <laughs> <laughs> was a lot. That was a lot. <laughs> but um, I think we have a question in the chat. Um it says, hi, ladies, I'm ready. I was ready to reach out to my local Taka chapter just as COVID happened. Um, last time I checked, my chapter isn't up. 
what will be happening soon. I'm in the suburbs of Philadelphia. Um, and so I would love to answer that question. And I have a lot of resources for you, which is exciting. Um, so unfortunately, our chapter, our uh, in-person meetings in that area um, are not currently going on. They're not currently active. But do not lose hope because, Jessica, correct me if I'm wrong, we have some amazing mentors in Philadelphia. Um, so definitely connecting with the mentor program. Jessica, our mentor coordinator, um, will match you up one-on-one -on -one with another parent who's been on this journey a while. And you can let, uh, in your application, let Jessica know what areas you're, you know, really looking for support in. Um, really targeting at TACA, we like to uh, kind of have a take action plan. Um, and so what that is, is kind of picking those top three things, right? Those top three things that are the biggest barriers for your family um, to quality of life, right? Um, not just for the individual, but for your family. Um, and also, you know, also for the individual and just kind of prioritizing those three things um, at a time. And once one of you've checked one off the list and you've, you know, dug into all your research and you've talked to your mentor and you've created a plan and you get going with that, checking that off the list and then replace it with something else. But don't, you know, bury yourself in, oh my gosh, I want to, we want, you know, we want our, our, um, you know, family life to maybe not have so many tantrums throughout the day. We want, um, you know, we want more language for our child so that they can advocate for themselves better. Um, all of these things, uh, and on and on and on. And then you get so buried under all of the, <laughs> all of the wants and, we need to take care of this and we need to address this and address that. Um, and so I think that's one of the best reasons to have a mentor is because they can really get back to, okay, but what are those three things? So let, let's talk about those three things. Let's, uh, you know, work on a plan for those and then get you going with something else. Um, Jessica, did you want to add anything about the mentor program <laughs> that I I mean, what I love about the mentor program too, is I don't know for everybody else, but for myself, it's so much easier to give advice to somebody else than to give advice to myself sometimes. Right. Um, and it's not so much about giving advice because really a mentor is supposed to be a sounding board and they're supposed to point you in the direction like, oh, you should go read this article or you can go look at this webinar or attend this conference or, you know, talk to maybe this provider in the area if it's for local resources. But just having that sounding board um, and having somebody who's on the outside being able to say, well, did you consider this? That's a huge help to me whenever I'm going through anything. And as we say with Taka all the time, like this is, and a lot of other people say as well, this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. So there's going to be another barrier that's going to come up. And again, this is not, this is more having to do with the fact that, you know, there's, there's constant red tape to accessing services and getting into seeing the correct doctors or um, 
getting an IEP completed to, uh, you know, your satisfaction so that you know that your child is accessing their education. So there's always going to be something. And also from what I'm hearing is that it kind of starts all over again when you get to adulthood. You'll have a parent who, you know, they're like, I got this, I got this, and their kid, everything's set up, and the kid's feeling great and empowered. And then it hits adulthood, and it's like, nope, got to start all over again as far as it's it's navigating kind of like a new terrain, essentially. Um, and so it's there's always going to be that need to have as much backup as you as you need. And that's, you know, as Ryzen saying, building that community, having a mentor, those are really important things. Uh, and I love what you said about, you know, re- really being there to like cheer you on. And I know my mentor that um, my original mentor, we're still Facebook friends. And, you know, she is, she's always cheering my kids on and all of my kids on. Um, I just love seeing uh, how her family's doing, um, you know, and we've been on this journey over a decade and she's still, you know, like, Oh my gosh, it's awesome to see that you're doing this or, you know? So I think that's such a, a huge piece for me to have those people in my life. Cause sometimes this journey can get really lonely. Um, you know, we, we definitely with it to other neurotypical children, we're, um, in different, in different communities, we they have different activities. Um, they're into different things than my son with autism is. So really um, having that community that knows how you feel, what you're feeling, you know, has been where you're at, has gone through the things that you've gone through, um, I think really helps to not feel so lonely when you're at these other activities and people, you know, don't really get the life experience that you have. Um, and I think in, in addition to the mentor program, um, our virtual support, like you said, uh, when COVID happened, um, it really kind of put a wrench in everybody's, uh, you know, everything from services stopping completely um, to not being able to access support people, um, for your loved one. Um, and everybody really had to kind of freeze, reevaluate, how are we going to do this? Um, and Taka did the same thing. You know, we pivoted and we're like, how do, now how do we support families? How do we provide that community for families? Um, and so, the virtual support has been incredible. Um, I've really just enjoyed um, our monthly meeting. So we do a West Coast and East Coast meeting um, each month along with a family support panel. Um, and so our West Coast and East Coast meetings are really for parents to engage and ask questions, get answers, talk to each other about their experiences. Um, It's really a safe space for our parents. Um, We do not allow providers into those meetings. Um, So really it's parent to parent. And I think, you know, there's so many types of community when you're, when we're talking about building community, right? There's so, so many different ways to build community and um, our virtual meetings really help building that parent to parent community. Um, 
And then our family support panels um, each month is all about parent experiences. So we have some amazing volunteers um, and they really, maybe their situation isn't exactly yours or um, you have different resources in your area, but they kind of really, I think, show what can happen when you start digging, when you start creating, when you, you know, and when you start really just troubleshooting and problem solving with each other. Um, and so it's always just so amazing to, to listen to them kind of share their experiences. Um, and so I think those are definitely some ways that I would plug in for support until we, you know, have some more active events, in-person events in the area. Um, but that's it, you know, I think <laughs> you're, you're on the right track. <laughs> um, and so we had a couple more in the comments. Um, Amanda said she's loving the virtual conference so far. Um, yay. Yes. And another comment, the virtual conference has been amazing. Um, and so that's this month, um, all month long on demand content, live presentations. Um, and those presentations after they're live are up pretty quickly. I would say within like 15 minutes of the presentation, you'll be able to watch it on demand. So I know for me, once I get the entire crew to sleep at night <laughs> is when I get to do my, you know, listening and watching and all of that. And I think one of my favorite parts so far has been uh, the closed caption feature. Um, and so being able to read and maybe not being able to listen because, you know, little, little ears <laughs> are either around or sleeping and so really being able to to engage but having that accessibility feature um has been really awesome um and this week or sorry this week um is all about medical issues in autism and how we can support our family members with um their co-occurring conditions. Um, each week of the conference is a different topic. Um, and so I think, you know, it's uh, so awesome to really go be able to go in depth <laughs> each week and um, hear from those providers. Um, Thursdays, we have an option to ask questions from the, a provider on that topic, which I think is really cool. Jessica, what's your favorite part about the conference so far? I mean, it's all of it. It's being able to talk to other parents um, and hear other parents talk. Because I mean, it's, it's so great to hear the professionals. I need that knowledge, but I also need to hear parents talk about it because this is how you relate it to yourself. So having those parent panels are great. Uh, doing the virtual support hour is, is, uh, is great too, because then you can have that back and forth. Um, and then going to the meetings again and talking about it all like that, that's sometimes like when I'm watching the conference, it's so much information that I can kind of feel like my brain is like throbbing and exploding. <laughs> I'm like, Oh no, too much information, but it, it becomes relatable when I can talk to other parents about it. So that's probably my favorite part about it. <laughs> and you're in the virtual support hour, right? Yes. On every Tuesdays. Tuesday. Yes. 
Tuesdays at 10 Pacific. Um, so if you guys don't have a mentor yet, um, or even if you just have a question and you need, you know, an experienced parent, there's Jessica's in there for the virtual support hour. Um, she has some amazing mentors with her. Um, and that's broken up into two sessions. Um, so you can choose either room. And the first room is a general. Um, so just general support, whatever you're kind of looking for. And what I get really excited about is our teen and adult sessions. Um, because that's where we are in our journey right now. And I just find it so helpful um, to be able to pop in, ask a question, get a resource, have, you know, that, that ability to be like, okay, now we're, we've got a little bit of action we can take, <laughs> right? So getting that support, moving into action. Um, and, oh, I love this comment um, about, about changing and getting everything into place and then it just falling apart like in COVID um, and feeling like that every summer. Like that is definitely, um, I, you know, I have, um, like I was talking about the teen and adult program, that is when we hit teen and adult, the teen years, I was like, um, okay, so all of this is new to me again. We need to recreate everything we created before. Um, even from, you know, diet and getting him to, really advocate for himself um, and medical, really bringing him into those appointments. Um, you know, I think it is it is so important, especially in those teen years and the younger you can do it, the better, but really helping your child to start being that advocate. Um, it was a very big um, kind of aha moment for us uh, hitting the teen years and having um, doctor's appointments and therapy appointments, and they were relying on only my information. And they weren't really giving him the option to participate. Um, and, you know, thinking forward to those adult years and the support he would need with that, um, really starting to get in that practice. Um, and I know one of our, one of our amazing staff that runs our teen and adult program, she really talks about like how amazing virtual appointments have been. Um, and being able to just put the camera on her child and they are forced to, you know, communicate with her child and she's there to support and she's there to facilitate in whatever way she needs to. But really helping, right, build that community of these doctors are getting experience on how to appropriately presume competence in our children and that they are going to, um, they are going to be adults, <laughs> you know, and they're going to be adults. They're going to still have these appointments and learning to advocate for themselves in whatever capacity that can be. Um, so I think, you know, that's this transition time has just been um, such a, a rebuilding of the house. <laughs> um, 
and really putting in those new layers. Um, I definitely recommend if you are headed into those teen years, start early. Don't wait for, you know, 15, 16, 17 um, to start looking at life skills. Start building those life skills early. Um, your occupational therapist is a great place to kind of, you know, get get life skills going on board. Um, even, even if it's at the smallest, you know, if we want to practice bilateral coordination, let's spread some peanut butter because, you know, making a sandwich is going to be a big deal down the line. Um, and anything that we can do to make our children more independent as an adult, I really strongly feel that it's going to uh, protect them more and more. Um, you know, the more you can do for yourself, the less opportunity there is for others to take advantage of that situation. Um, so really, I think starting um, starting really early with those life skills um, and even with the school, starting at like age 12, really looking towards what, what path are we on? Where are we headed? Um, I will say my son made his biggest gains between 12 and 13 years old uh, so far. You know, he's really, he's really, and that, you know, puberty is a big player. I know we have a lot of, um, a lot of families that, um, you know, puberty comes and it just throws a whole new wrench in things. <laughs> um, but I think we have a couple more questions in the chat. Um, Jessica, did you want to take one of these? Uh, I see one from May and you're saying, uh, she's saying that she's trying to go download the app, but it says what company she's with and who she's trying to connect with. Um, I'm not, is maybe that's not the Taka Connect app. Um, I know on our website, if you go to takanow.org, there is a section um, up at the top. I'm actually going to like hop over on my screen to go look at it right now to make sure I'm giving you the correct instructions. Um, up at the top next to the get support question uh, button there, it says talk a connect app and how to download. There are, um, there are like videos on how to troubleshoot and how to get on there. So you can do that and see if that's helpful. I, I'm not sure if you have the right one. That's because I don't remember asking as far as like what company, right, Ryan? Yeah, I'm not sure that that's part of the, um, you can also feel free to email us and we can tr help you troubleshoot through that um, or hop on um, uh, our Hope and Help Facebook group, um, which is just an amazing resource in itself, but, um, and ask that question there. Um, they will be more than happy to direct you to how to get in um, or our uh our national Facebook page. Um, you know, we have people monitoring that that can help you get into there. Um, so we can definitely help you get in because, you know, you don't want to, don't want to miss all of this amazing content. Um, and so I think, let's see, I think Jessica, did you want to take a couple more and then we'll wrap up with some, some last resource recap and yeah, um, and May, the next group. <laughs> and I love May that you're because what you're trying to do is she's trying to get um, her daughter away from processed foods and check out info on diet. So you can see that on our uh, on our website as well. There is a diet section. Uh, so if you even do like the search and you put diet, there's going to be some articles that'll pop up. Um, that's such 
that's such a big deal for all of us, right? Getting away from the process. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Well, you know what I do is I go into that, uh, to the hope and help group. And cause I always like to like replace right before I take stuff away. Like, um, and so getting ideas for what to replace with, cause the, so hard like okay what well, there's all of these gluten-free breads like which one is actually like not the same thing as you know just regular bread um which one's a little healthier um and there's a post in there every friday uh and it's hashtag foodie friday and everybody puts their recipes and all kinds of just amazing stuff um and so it's just like such a great place for, I go, you know, everybody, <laughs> everybody goes to bed and mom's sitting there on her phone and I'm like, Ooh, okay. So next week I kind of, I need some recipes for next week. Um, you know, with Easter coming up, looking at what, what kind of stuff I can make, uh, to, or replace. Um, oh, and Amanda said she loves foodie Friday. <laughs> so do I. It's great. It's, it's super great. Um, Ruth was saying also, she was saying, uh, she wants to be able to get a talk mentor. How does she do that? How do you qualify? You have to be a parent or caregiver of somebody with autism. That's, That's your it. qualification. <laughs> <laughs> so you can go onto the website. Um, there is a mentor, uh, mentor page that you click on it. There's going to be a short video. You're going to see my face. I'm going to be, oh wait, I changed it recently. So I don't think you're going to see my face. You're going to hear my voice. <laughs> um, but it's just a quick, like three minute, I think, uh, informational video, just giving an overview of like expectations and, and things to do. And then you fill out an application. And again, like Ryan was saying earlier, you put your areas of need on there. And then I match you up with somebody who's available and it's as close to that as I can get. Um, so a lot of the information is on the website, like as far as navigating to find these different places. Uh, and that is at T-A-C-A-N-O-W.org. So Takanow.org. Um, and May said that, yes, as far as for the food, her daughter doesn't like the gluten-free mac and cheese. Sometimes it's just about finding the right one because right. some of them are gross. <laughs> and then I'll, I'll have other people say it to me like, no way, that one's my favorite. I'm like, okay. Like, like I'm glad you like it. <laughs> but I like this brand over here. So sometimes it's just about finding the right brand um, or what works best for your family. Awesome. And you can find uh, Foodie Friday in our Facebook group. Um, if you search Hope and Help for Autism, um, that is Taka's Facebook group. It is a closed group. So you will um, have to answer three questions um, when you uh, join the group. Um, and pretty quickly they kind of go through and admit people. Um, almost, I think daily there's new members joining right now. There's about 17,000 parents in there. So, <laughs> I mean, it's, a, you know, such an amazing way to get so many different perspectives. And even on the food, like some of the stuff, I'm like, oh my gosh, like stuff that I would have never thought to make. And I'm just like, oh, that looks amazing. We're trying it. Um, and really, I let my kids go through the pictures sometimes and be like, what do you guys want to eat? <laughs> um, so I think we have a couple more minutes. If anybody um, has any more questions, um, but if not, I think Jessica and I will kind of wrap it up with 
what um what kind of our you know favorite um favorite part of being a TACA member is um I don't know do you want to go first Jessica or you want me to go first uh my favorite putting a TACA member uh so being a part of TACA so actually even today I posted um on my personal wall about my son and having uh music therapy. Now these aren't music lessons because he also has music lessons because he loves the drums. But music therapy is a great way of engaging um, different parts of you know, your brain to your body and, and communication and collaboration and just all of these things. And that's, of course, really important that you get a qualified therapist, like a qualified music therapist. Um, but I found out about that at a TACA meeting. There are so many, like, I, it doesn't matter even working with Taka since 2019, you'd think I'd know I'd have a, an up in the game of like knowing things, but I'll go to a meeting and I'll learn something new. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> why didn't anyone tell me this before? But the thing is, is that that's, as we said earlier, like we're all learning. And the best way to do that, the best way that we can support one another is to gather together, either virtually or in person and learn together. Um, I know that we talk a lot with talk about it takes a village, you know, like we're community, it takes a village. And that's absolutely true. So that's my favorite part that I'm <laughs> I like, we're all helping each other out, essentially. I love that. And that's it. I think mine is a little similar, but really um, being able to see all uh, everybody grow like mm. watching everybody grow in you know just their learning and their families and um using taka resources um you know we we started out i went to a a educational meeting and then they're like oh but we also have these coffee talks i'm like well tell me a little about that. <laughs> what do you guys do there? Because uh, there was just a speaker at this meeting and they gave a lot of great information. Um, but like, tell me a little more. <laughs> and um, they're like, well, you could, you know, meet parents that are going through what you're going through. And, uh, you know, at the time I was a, a very young mom <laughs> and uh, being able to have other parents to look up to who, have been have been there, done that, and either had great success or it totally bombed, <laughs> and they're able to be like, "Hey, so I did this, and it was a total disaster because X, Y, and Z." And so maybe don't do that. Um, but I think you know, really, just having those those role models in the beginning were just so helpful for us. Um, and just having this community of people who like believe in you and believe in your child and believe that all of us can, you know, improve our lives at any point. There isn't, you know, I know when my son was first diagnosed, there was so much talk around the window, right? The window, the zero to five window. And it's like, no, the window doesn't close. Like ever. We're still learning at 15. 
And, uh, you know, I know, I know adults that are 22 on the spectrum, still learning, still growing. Um, so please, if anybody brings up that almost 20 year old nonsense, (laughs) you know, the window closes, um, don't believe them. Just don't just always have hope. Always keep searching for what's going to, you know, improve your child's life, your family's life. Um, keep learning, keep growing, <laughs> um, and just really check out, you know, all of all of Taka's resources. Connect with people, um, and yeah, we. <laughs> I think that is that is definitely my favorite part is the hope. You know, it all ends in hope. We've got the support. We start moving into action, and there will always be hope. Band. Absolutely. <laughs> So, um, but I think, oh, Thanks, Amanda, Amanda. you're awesome. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> Amanda says that, um, you know, definitely my son has improved so much at 14. Thanks to Taka. Oh, I love that. Right. And he's just going to keep imp- improving more and more and more and more. <laughs> and we're so excited, you know to to help you guys on your journey and to walk your journey with you um and i think with that we have about just one minute um so keep on hoping and plug in where you can and i think we'll you know say good night <laughs> and don't forget to uh watch the next crew here at seven o'clock because they will be awesome. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, everyone.